Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. An impeachment is a final tool, a last-ditch effort, if you will, to hold uh, the administration accountable. And unfortunately, we've come to this point because our border is not secured. Secretary Mayorkas has ignored uh, the will of the people. He has not followed the laws. He has in instructed his department to not follow the laws that are already on the books. And we've come to this point where we are having to impeach an official for the first time in 150 years. This bipartisan bill sends a clear message to Ukrainians and to our partners and to our allies around the world. America can be trusted. America can be relied upon. And America stands up for freedom. We stand strong for our allies. We never bow down to anyone, and certainly not to Vladimir Putin. So let's get on with this. Are you ready? Yeah, this is, uh, this is outstanding, ladies and gentlemen. This is outstanding. So we've got this crisis that just exploded in the last, I don't know, it's like two and a half, three hours. Uh, Mike Turner, who's at the Intelligence Committee in the House, sends a, a, a warning about some kind of a vague threat to the United States of America. He wants to get this stuff declassified. Suddenly everybody's freaking out. Fox is freaking out. Uh, I, I don't believe that uh, MSNBC is freaking out because it has nothing to do with Donald Trump. And uh, uh, CNN, nobody's freaking out because nobody even watches that channel. But here's the, uh, here's the situation with uh, this story. It is apparently uh, a pre-planned conversation that was supposed to happen tomorrow with fake Jake Sullivan, the alleged, and I'm putting it in air quotes, the alleged national security advisor. Um, he would be, at best, an insecurity advisor because he does nothing to keep America safe. He's just a, uh, an apparatchik. Um, you, you have this situation now where Mike Turner uh, says, we have got stuff that is shocking. It is shocking for the United States intelligence community. We are, we are worried about this, and we're going to have a big briefing tomorrow, and I'm asking the president and his team to declassify this so we can share this with the people of the Congress and the people of the country. So the headline, right, Mike Waltz is talking about this right now over on, over on uh, the Fox News channel, GOP chair sends warning about threat to the United States. Now, that sounds really ominous, right? That sounds like a terribly ominous thing, a dangerous thing. Uh, I started calling people that I know, uh, asking questions about this. I wasn't getting any answers. Chad Pergram is talking about how the people he's talked to indicate that this is a very serious thing and uh, almost they, they are almost turning ghostly white, all this sort of stuff, okay? So what it appears to be from what has been said so far out in the open, and who knows, it could be a lie, could be wrong, whatever. It's not space aliens. It's not a renegade nuke. It's not something with the border. It's apparently just after, just after the Senate passed that bill yesterday for $95 billion to the Ukraine. I heard Tom Tillis on today trying to defend that. Senator. North Carolina. 
uh, apparently the Russians, get ready for this, sit down, have anti-satellite technology. They have anti-satellite technology that could take out a satellite. And that is why we have got shots fired at the Kansas City Super Bowl parade. Holy, that's CNN, and nobody's watching it. Um, but that that's on the CNN right now. Um, okay, so this is supposed to be the thing. This is the thing that people are worried about. Um, something's going on. There's a lot of cops there. there. There's like five, six cops that looks like they're trying to take, co- there are people taking cover. There are people trying to grab people. We'll keep an eye on this. Uh, this is... Um, uh, shots fired at the Kansas City Super Bowl parade. Uh, nobody's Fox is not, does not have this. Somebody put soccer on this. Whoever puts soccer on this channel, that's an atrocity. We that, that, that's not news. Whoever was watching soccer in the studio, you gotta you gotta change it back to news. I don't watch soccer in my show. There are people I guess who do watch soccer during the show, but not me. It's not me. If we can figure out who that is, it'd be very helpful. Um, so it's apparently. It's apparently the Russians have this technology to attack satellites. Okay. We, we have that technology to attack satellites, too. They have the technology. We have the technology. In fact, in fact, your president, the president you voted for because you were afraid of bad orange, man, your president back in 2022 was so concerned about satellite technology with space and weaponry and things like that that he put a moratorium on testing space weapons because of course we would take our we would take our gun and we would open it up and we would put all the bullets down the toilet and just have an empty gun right because why would we want to test that kind of technology so this is the big freak out that's going on here this is this is a huge freak out uh, over on Fox News and in the security count, in the security folks, right? Here's the deal. They need to get this bill passed. See, Tom Tillis and company, the, the Tom Tillis spending on Ukraine bill, which is what I've dubbed it because it's most connected to North Carolina uh, it, it, for, from our perspective, right? So I'm calling it the Tom Tillis send money to the military industrial complex and Ukraine, Uh, bill that needs to get passed so of course mike turner who is a huge advocate for spending this money in ukraine is going to leak oh my gosh the russians have a technology that we have now i don't know that for sure maybe they don't have that weaponry but it's very convenient that suddenly and i'm not even i'm not accusing i'm not castigating i'm just observing i'm an observer i look around i watch things there are no And there are never any coincidences in Washington, D.C. in policy. Um, So we have to get everybody ginned up and angry and upset about anti-satellite technology. I don't like the Russians, man. I believe you me. I mean, I don't want to do anything with the Russians at all. I'm 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 an old I'm an old war hater, but I'm also somebody who understands the Soviets are, are just filthy and it's awful. And you don't want to be anywhere near them. I mean, they bomb they bomb hospitals where children are being born. I mean, it's really terrible. Um, so what, what we have here now is an attempt to get you upset and to freak you out. And then on top of that, it's to get this bill passed. 
So all I'm cautioning you I, as not even as a host, as a as an American and as a former producer who can, you know, read the seams on the fastball, as Rush would famously say, something's up. Something's up with this thing suddenly coming out because there's an imperative to get this thing passed. You heard the uh, we had the clip in the open, right, of, of, of Joe Biden talking about the importance to, to pass this bill. Well, this is now the evidentiary requirement for the passing of the bill. So we got uh, shots fired near the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. They had a million people out there at this thing. It looks like this is sort of focused on a park here. We don't know uh, what is going on because it's a very wide shot to the gathering there. Um, And this is terrible. This is this is a terrible thing because the Kansas City Chiefs deserve to have their parade. They they are, you know, they're the champions in in the NFL and they they should actually I mean, they should be able to celebrate this stuff. And some idiots got to get in there and wreck things. I mean, it's just it's disgusting. It is. This is why we can't have nice things in 2024 in Joe Biden's America. All right, uh, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So we've got this developing story that is that has just started in the last few uh, minutes here. Multiple victims shot at the Super Bowl parade there in Kansas City. Now, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming this is, I'm assuming what we're looking at here on the Fox feed, because that's what CNN is saying. Fox says shots fired near Chiefs Super Bowl parade. To me, I don't think the parade is still going Oh, that's 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 a re-rack, right? I'm guessing. Okay, because there is a ton of police, multiple victims who have been shot. This is outside, uh, really, just pretty much outside the the, the the stadium area. Is that what we're looking at here? And so uh, we're trying to effort information on this. Uh, Ed Davis, who you knew from uh, the Boston bombing, uh, is is apparently giving some sort of commentary over on CNN. He's a contributor to them. Kansas City Police Department says multiple people struck in shooting. Uh, Whatever has happened, it it does seem like there's a lid on this right now, at least from the angles that I'm seeing. But, you know, obviously far too soon to uh, draw that conclusion. So we we are going to continue uh, to to follow this. Oh, uh, Kansas City Police, two armed people were arrested. Now, now, hold on. We don't know if that means two people were armed or if that means... Two, the two people that were armed were the shooters or, or what the deal was there. They, they may have just stopped somebody who had a gun. Uh, this is one of these uh, sort of breaking news stories that's going to be unfolding in, in, in front of us here. Two armed people in custody after Super Bowl parade shooting. That's what CNN's got up on the board. I don't have uh, access to another board uh, at this stage, but I will get it. Um, and so this is uh, this is the latest in this regard. You know, this is. It, it's it's clearly a beautiful day there. It's a you know bright blue skies. People are out there in their in in their sweatshirts and their gear and all that. And this unfortunately is now happened. And we also don't know if the if these people were targeting the football team supporters. Was it a beef between groups of people who showed up and suddenly started shooting at each other? We, we don't know what the story is here uh, so far. But again, if you're just joining us uh, on, on WBT, uh, according to the police in Kansas City, shots fired near the uh, Chiefs Super Bowl parade. 
and we are continuing to uh, to monitor this story uh, as it continues to move. And again, it's a it's a, it's a shame that in this day and age, um, we we can't have uh, nice gatherings like this. It's just it's a very very sad uh, story all the all the way around. Getting a little bit more information now. Republican warning on national security threat is about Russia wanting nukes in space. That's according to some of the clarifications that are now coming out by people who are looking at this. And again, you know, I I just I I look at this and I understand that there's an imperative to try to get the money over to Ukraine and uh, to Taiwan, et cetera, et cetera. But but that this happens the exact, you know, next day where suddenly we're all, you know, uh, in jeopardy and we didn't hear about this before. It's a little suspect in my in my timing opinion here. And, you know, that's just the way it goes. The White House's national security advisor and leading lawmakers on Capitol Hill sought to allay public concerns on Wednesday after the House Intelligence Committee chairman warned of a national security threat related to a destabilizing foreign military capability. Um, Two sources familiar with deliberations on Capitol Hill said the intelligence has to do with Russia wanting to put a nuclear weapon into space. This is not to drop a nuclear weapon onto Earth, but rather to use it against uh, satellites. While not addressing the subject directly, multiple members of Congress have quickly described the issue as serious without stoking public alarm. Well, I, I would say I would say Congressman Turner. I would have to say Congressman Turner kind of deployed this as as something that is uh, really horrible. And, and, you know, and inevitable. So we don't know if they have a weapon. We don't know if they're putting a weapon up in space. Uh, we don't understand uh, any of these uh, these narratives. But let me bring you a little piece of history here, OK, because this is important. When you look at the way this storyline is moving, it's important to consider stuff that we have been uh, acquainted with in the past. So in the 1960s, the early 1960s, there was a desire to put an atomic weapon up in space. Uh, our, our, our Pentagon tried to work at it. Uh, I imagine the Russians tried to do it as well, but it was never uh, able to kind of come to pass. So the White House banned U.S. tests of space weapons back in April of 2022, seeking to slow the emerging space arms race among world powers the Biden administration on Monday announced a unilateral moratorium on anti-satellite tests, calling for other spacefaring nations to follow suit. Now, why would we unilaterally do this? Why would we unilaterally say, OK, we are not going to test any space weapons. We're not going to put uh, uh, weapons up in space or any of that sort of stuff and expect that Russia, China, and India were going to play ball with that? India, maybe. Russia and China, are you out of your mind? Of course China's not going to play ball, and of course the Russians aren't. And they're going to tell you they're playing ball, and they're going to lie. How do I know? Because they're communists. Communists never tell the truth, ever. News Talk 1110-993 WBT Brett Winterville Show. Just uh, keeping you up to date on the shooting uh, at the Kansas City Chiefs rally uh, parade outside a Union Station in Kansas City. Police uh, saying 
that uh, eight to ten people may have been struck. They've, uh, I guess, taken into custody two people with firearms. We don't know if they're connected, if they're not. Um, there have been some reports that say there may have been children who have been harmed. Uh, in this regard, we're going to try to effort everything we possibly can um, in, as quickly as we can as we continue to monitor. But uh, the headline right now is uh, multiple people shot at the Super Bowl parade shooting. Uh, this is um, in Kansas City, and we are uh, we are watching this very, very closely to uh, to monitor what it is that's happening. Uh, my the, the, the one important thing that you could do. The, the one good thing you could do in this regard, because we're so far away from this, uh, is to pray, pray for the first responders, pray for people who have been injured uh, and, and, and just hope that, you know, this is uh, this has gotten under control. But uh, all of the channels are carrying it now. And uh, again, it's uh, shots were fired at the Kansas City Super Bowl parade. And uh, we will we will continue to, to monitor that and get you as much information uh, as we as we possibly can. So let me. Let me go over back to the the issue we raised in the beginning of the show. And that issue is how it is we have a crisis almost every single day when it comes to safety and security in this country. There, there is a reason that this is happening. And it's a, a brutally honest truth that I have to share with you. It is because... We are conditioned from a very, very young age to believe that the government's got a handle on things, that they have a plan, they have, they have ability, they have all this sort of stuff, right? And they, they will tell you that they, they've got this under control. Don't worry about what's happening. Uh, if anything happens, we, we know how, how to handle it. Well, the idea that Mike Turner alerted the world today to the very real possibility that there may be an attempt to put a nuclear weapon in space at the behest of the Russians. That's a big deal. But it is equally a big deal when on April the 18th, 2022, the president of the United States unilaterally declared we were not going to do any testing for anti-satellite weapons. They call them ASATs, A-S-A-T's. Anti-satellite weapons testing goes back to the earliest days of the Cold War. And over the past decade, the U.S., Russia, and China have developed sophisticated anti-satellite arsenals designed to render satellites deaf, mute, and blind in space. That's what people are afraid of. Missiles may be the most widely known space weapon, but several nations have developed other measures, including lasers, jamming capabilities, cyber attacks, maneuverable spacecraft designed to deceive, disrupt, deny, degrade, or destroy other nations' systems. So uh, out of an abundance of, of a lack of caution, we, we decided we would not do those tests anymore. We wouldn't be a part of that anymore. Despite the fact that the 1967 Outer Space Treaty forbids countries from deploying nuclear weapons or any other kind of weapons of mass destruction in space. But we took the lead and, and we uh, decided we weren't going to do that. Well, now it appears the Russians are interested in doing this. 
In fact, on November 15th, 2021, the Russian military conducted an ASAT test, which is a weapon in space, that underscored the vulnerability of objects in space. A ground-launched missile blew apart a Soviet-era intelligence satellite called Cosmos 1408 that had been defunct for years. The explosion scattered more than 1,600 pieces of the satellite. As the cloud of space garbage spread, Americans, Germans, and Russian astronauts aboard the International Space Station were instructed to pull on their spacesuits and take shelter in preparation for possible impact. Objects in space, by the way, travel 17,500 miles an hour, which means a, a, a fragment the size of a tennis ball could take out, could take out this, this sort of space vehicle. Space junk is a problem. Weaponization of space is a problem. So why would we, why would we decide that, that we're just going to stop developing weapons? Why, why would we do that? And then we come out and we say, hey, by the way, uh, this, this happened, and now we want to warn everybody that we may be that we may be, you know, uh, uh, vulnerable. I would want to develop the weapons. I would want to develop to develop the weapons. And here's the thing, okay? There's, it's not even, it's not even that you have to develop these weapons and put them in space and set off a nuke up there, do all that sort of stuff. There are weapon systems that exist now. We we pioneered a lot of this stuff in the Cold War. There's there's a technology called maybe many of you people will remember this if you were in the military, what they called rods from God, rods from God. All all that is is like telephone pole sized um, steel rods that you go up into into the high atmosphere and you shoot down into the earth, and the speed and the force is strong enough. To, to basically be a non-nuclear weapon that can do the same sort of damage like that. Why are we not developing all of this? Why are we not testing all of this? Why are we not showing it out to the world? You're not going to play games with us. You better not play games with us or there's going to be a problem. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a frustrating, it's a very frustrating reality. CNN now reporting upward of 10 victims in Super Bowl rally shooting there in Kansas City. Uh, we're taking your phone calls on all the big stories that are out there moving. And if, if you if you want to jump in on this, you're absolutely welcome to. Uh, we have not gotten to the phase where we know what happened, why it happened, what the motivation was. But there are, according to the reports right now, Kansas City PD, uh, two people detained after the parade shooting. They could have been people who were armed, who were just at the parade doing nothing wrong at all. And who knows where these perpetrators or perpetrator uh, went to? We, 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 we don't know that. You know, that is the, that is the great challenge in this fog of, of, of this investigation. I imagine we will be getting a, uh, a briefing as soon as they're able to secure the scene. But this is a very chaotic scene right now. Uh, people aren't, aren't running and, 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 and panicking, but they need to be able to secure the, the layers of uh, evidence and uh, what it is that has to be handled there in Kansas City. So we will continue to watch this.
News Talk 1110 wbt It is the uh, Brett Witterbull Show. We are continuing to uh, monitor uh, what, what has happened here in Kansas City on what should be a beautiful celebratory day for the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champions. And um, now we're getting reports that say the fire department in Kansas City, upwards of 10 victims uh, in the Super Bowl rally shooting that has uh, taken place. We are. Um, it, this is a hugely spread out area, right? Because it's in front of the post office. As you can imagine, uh, like what we have in Uptown, you know, you'd have the roads all lined with people and, and celebrating and all this sort of stuff. And so we don't know where and how this all took place. But I'm watching one, two, uh, one, two, it looked like three ambulances r- rolling out. They could be empty. They could have just been sent over um, in case. And so this is a uh, this is a very serious incident that has taken place uh, there it, in uh, in Kansas City on, on this Valentine's Day, on this uh, Ash Wednesday, uh, on this uh, what should have been a, a day of, of just a tremendous celebration. And unfortunately, this is also the anniversary of the massacre at Parkland. Early on, we got reports that they had uh, two armed people who were suspects. Again, that could be fog of war. We don't know uh, how this all plays out because we there are things that we just don't know because we don't know them. And we have to rely on on on, you know, really good data coming out of this. Uh, But as as we continue to uh, to monitor and to look at this, you know, it is a um, it's it's sad because um, w- when you go on to social media to try to get information, to try to get connectivity there, um, you have a, a blend of people who are trying to put information out and then people who are trying to make everything um, about a political point of view, whatever that is. And that the shame of that is, is we're not able to get as as effective the information as we would we would like. WCNC reporting multiple people have been shot near a Kansas City Super Bowl parade. The shooting broke the celebratory mood on Valentine's Day as Chief fa- Chiefs fans marked their third Super Bowl title in five seasons. So, uh, again, this is one of these things that we're going to be watching uh, very, very closely uh, all the way around. And, you know, this is going to take a massive amount of of effort to get the people who are responsible to get the evidence to make sure you can get a conviction, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, and we don't know if it's one person. We don't know if it's two people. We don't know if it's some other uh, n- number uh, still still to be uh, to put, be put out. And what, what is also happening, obviously, is um, you have all the press running over to the police and the police are saying, look, this is an active situation. We're not doing a briefing yet. We do a briefing once we've got things uh, under control and we know more things. Um, you know, in these cases, you don't know if this isn't coordinated. We don't know if this isn't um, a multi-location thing where something else is going to happen somewhere else. Uh, we're living in the era of terrorism. We're living in the era of a lot of the challenges that we all have to face. And uh, that, that, that is a shame. It's, um, it, it, it's been uh, it's 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 a really tragic day here today for multiple reasons. Uh, not the least of which is the fact that this happened at the rally. And at the same time, uh, this is the sixth anniversary of what happened at Parkland. 
And so we are uh, we're going to continue to uh, effort this information and, and, and get you all uh, what it is that, that you need to uh, to know about this. Let's uh, let's proceed with a, a couple of other uh, things that are out there moving in, in the news cycle. I, I want to play uh, a, a couple of clips of sound here for you, uh, if I can. I played earlier uh, Lance Gooden, who's a Republican from Texas, on impeaching uh, Mayorkas and uh, Joe Biden. Uh, talking about how offended he was that Trump would would talk about uh, allowing uh, to to hit Russia for Russia to hit uh, into Ukraine and and potentially NATO allies. I think that's cut number seventeen. Uh, this is Joe Biden last night. He didn't take any questions, but he wanted to make this point. Uh, cut number seventeen. Just a few days ago, Trump gave an invitation to Putin to invade some of our allies, NATO allies. He said if an ally didn't spend enough money on defense. He would encourage Russia to, quote, do whatever the hell they want, end of quote. Can you imagine a former president of the United States saying that? The whole world heard it. The worst thing is he means it. No other president in our history has ever bowed down to a Russian dictator. Well, let me say this as clearly as I can. I never will. So here's uh, one of the things that that's going to be you know, important on a lot of different ways. We are going to get a reaction to that tonight because there is a rally in South Carolina tonight uh, with uh, with President Trump coming in. And this is uh, I believe it's in North Charleston tonight. They are doing that rally and we'll see what his rebuttal is. We'll see what he says to what has been said by um, by by the current president of the United States about the former president. Uh, I want to go back, though, to cut 20, if I can, because cut 20 is an important clip. Um, it's what we opened the hour with uh, President Biden talking about this new Senate bill uh, to fund Ukraine. Uh, this is this is what he said. Cut 20. Bipartisan bill sends a clear message to Ukrainians and to our partners and to our allies around the world. America can be trusted. America can be relied upon, and America stands up for freedom. We stand strong for our allies. We never bow down to anyone, and certainly not to Vladimir Putin. So let's get on with this. Okay, well, with all due respect to the President of the United States, um, we, we don't always stand up. We ran away at the Abbey Gate. Um, we, we, have, uh, we were afraid to raise our, our voices when China sent the spy balloon uh, into our country, this president has never once questioned Xi Jinping uh, about the ideas of where COVID came from. Uh, there are plenty of opportunities for this current administration to turn and uh, run, to turn tail and to run and to um, not not take up the mantle of what's difficult. But instead, they'd rather just pick up the mantle of what is, quote, historic at a given point. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, Brett Witterbull, and the coach, Matt Doherty. It's good to have you in the uh, studio today. Oh, yeah. Good to be here. Let me, good to uh, be here. Let me, I want to ask you right off the, off the top here. Uh, people ask me all the time, how can they get coaching from you? How can they hook up yeah. with you? How do they do that, Coach? Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. I, I think 
two ways. One, uh, my website, dartycoaching.com. And then they could follow me um, on LinkedIn or at Darty Matt on Twitter, at Darty Matt on Twitter, or X, I should call it. We got to transition to yeah, X. Yeah, right? they make it, they're making us do that. Yeah, go, transition X. So at Darty Matt, D O H E R T Y, or my website, dartycoaching.com. There you go. And, and I'm coming out, uh, podcast game is stepping up, uh, Rebound Podcast. Oh, man, just interviewed somebody yesterday, Molly Barker, who's an unbelievable woman, um, started Girls on the Run, uh, which is a great nonprofit that touched over 2 million lives, uh, young women. And uh, great story, and that'll be uh, out in a few weeks. But uh, really enjoying the podcasting, the interviewing, and uh, looking to take that to another level. Yeah, look, and that's huge because people uh, are able to to listen to you. They're able to hang out with you. They're able to spend time with you and hear those great stories that you have uh, of, of these folks and inspire people 24 hours a day. Well, I, it's, I really th- was thinking about this. You know, it's, it's like my job in some ways to be the conduit, the broker of the message, the broker of the information. And, and I say this all the time, your life's impacted by three things, the people you meet, the books you read, and the trauma in your life. And how do you meet people? Well, you meet them in person, but you also meet them through podcasts. And podcasts are the medium that is different than, than radio, right? Because there's no limit on the conversation. It could be a 30-minute podcast. It could be 20 minutes. It could be an hour and a half. That's right. And, you know, you do try to make it conversational, and, and I enjoy that. Like today I was sitting um, at a good uh, um, Community Matters Cafe having coffee with a, a gentleman and we had a conversation. And at the end, we both said this could be a podcast. And, and so I enjoy asking questions and listening and trying to drill deep. Uh, for oil to that uh, makes uh, creates the magic of of a podcast where somebody who's listening can say, Wow, I just met this person that Matt introduced me to and their story, and now it's helped me in some way, shape, or form. So that's what's, that's what's fantastic. And um, you, you are building those bridges. And one of the things I, I respect the most about you is when I've spent time with you out, outside and, and, and you're interacting with the, with the general public and talking to people, you, know, you are a very welcoming person uh, in, in terms of your willingness to share your thoughts on things and also uh, to, to, to to dive deep on what it is these folks might might have uh, in mind in their world, too, yeah. which, is, which is really cool that you Thank do you. I like to dive deep, man. Life's too short. I don't like surface conversation. Like, I want to learn something from you. What's your life like? What are you going through? How can I relate to that? How can I maybe assist in that way? Um, but, I, you know, I can only talk about the weather for so long i want to like hey who who are you what are you doing what's the trauma in your life and you're not alone like that's the thing like a a friend of mine has said vulnerability is a new invincibility heck he said that two years ago and it's true because if you share a story and people can realize oh man he's human like he's he's no he's going through some stuff i i wear three masks i think most people wear masks my masks are i want to be a tough guy I want to be a smart guy, and I want to be uh, have my crap together. And when I take those masks off, because I'm not as tough, I'm not as smart, and I don't have my stuff together like I'd like, it's freeing. 
Sure. You can stand up straighter because the weight of those masks now are gone, and now you share that with other people. They're like, well, let me take my masks off too, and I think we're going to have a happier world. Just let's be clear. Nothing past the mask. Okay? Uh, no, no, keep that's, the shirt on. That's keep the shorts on. The whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Got, I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. No, no, no. Keep keep the shirts on. You, you like, the... Do you like going to people's houses and then taking your shoes and socks off to walk around the house? That, I don't even like doing that. See, I, I can't do it. I, I mean, I understand, mm-hmm. you know, take the shoes off, mm-hmm. um, you know, but like, okay, but, you know, better, I better not have holes in my sock, right? And so, yeah, I'm, I, I, yeah, I don't, but I, I definitely keep the rest of the gear on. It's why it's why I when I travel, I have I have uh, slippers. I, I, no, I have road flips. Road flips. Road flips. So I got I got. Uh, Are they I slides? Got, no, heck, no, I refuse to wear those. Really? Uh, they're terrible. Wow, you just made a nasty face like you just That's passed awful. gas. When, I, or when I see somebody wearing slides and, and socks, what is that? it's a bad look? What are we doing? Put 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 them on there. Put right the, the thong, man. Just put your thong. Put, put the put you the wear big, a thong. Put the big, uh, oh on your feet. You talk about. Feet, I wear a thong on my feet. It's, Do you it's, wear a thong anywhere else? Um, no. And TJ knows why I would not wear a thong because he 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 knows why, and I'll tell you in the break because there's a very specific reason because that's not my scene. That's I'm very traditional. That's not my scene. Bo- tidy whities or boxers. Like, you know what. I'm feeling a little oppressed right now. Oppressed. Um, oh, oppressed. Is, I'm, oppressed. Is, I'm oppressed from this. This is a question that I, you know. It's I, your show. Don't be oppressed. You I, should be the oppressor. I put the mask back on. Okay. Put. put, put you put, like put, it when my mask is mask. on? He's, he came in with a ski mask. I just want people to know I that. Didn't, I didn't. I like that's the fourth mask I wear once in a while. Ski I wear the ski mask when I'm going into the bank. What do you know? You do not. What? Do what are you doing? What's wrong what? with you? But I was going to say road thongs are nice. Road thongs. Yeah. The, you know, the, the cheap, uh, the cheap uh, flip-flops. The cheap flip-flops. I keep them in my car and then I go in and then they stay in my car. Because wait, wait, I, I don't wait, want, I don't want to bring like various wait, DNA into my house because I don't know you know. So these are these are road thongs. The road thongs. And you just keep them in your car. Oh yeah, absolutely. In case you have to go to someone's house where they and, and, request. And they're, and they're all like put up, take off your shoes. So you carry I'm them. In. Those. You're wearing those. I'm wearing those. Are they the orange ones like the with the white top? Uh, honestly, honestly, I have a like vari- the handout prison. I have a variety. A variety. Those those are very very robust shoes that they give you in jail. Really? I, I've heard that. You've heard that. So, but all I'm saying is, I'm not interested. And taking off your shoes? No. The shoes stay on. The shoes stay on. So I have in the past, I have in the past, real quick, I have in the past worn two pairs of socks, get back in my car, take the pair of socks off, and burn them. No, I'm, ki- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you have a, are you a germaphobe? No. Oh, you are, aren't you? The way you reacted, you are. I'm not. A, I'm not. Oh, you a just turned red. I'm not a germaphobe. People on uh, you're driving in the cars can't see that. I'm not a germaphobe. Red. I just don't go near germs. Okay. That's it. Okay. I respect the germaphobe culture. I'm not. I'm not a germaphobe. Uh, uh, okay. Boss it. News Talk 1110-993 WBT, Brett Witterbull, and the coach, Matt Doherty, here in the house. Coach, I got to uh, pivot you over to something, because I know you coach a lot of very successful uh, clients, business owners, uh, uh, people who are running different businesses, obviously. Um, this story that came out in the uh, overnight hours with this debate in California, um, there's a call now 
Barbara Lee, who is running for the Senate seat that was vacated by the passing of Dianne Feinstein, has come up with a brilliant idea. $50 minimum wage. $50 minimum yeah, wage for, for Big Macs, for pizzas, for all Sign this Sign me up. I mean, okay, I, you, we can hang out. We can just hang it up and go do that, right? Right, I mean, that's a, yeah. Say, like, we do 10 hours. That's, what, 500, uh, 500 bucks a day. That's not bad money. Not bad. That's not bad. And you get a discount probably on the, right. on the burgers. Big Mac. One, one, Big fry, Mac and... one fry for them, two right. fries for me. Right. You know. So here's the problem, though. These politicians, and, I, and I, want, I want you to dive into this, because these politicians make these promises that business owners have to cash the check on. She's not going to have to pay $50 an hour to her oh, staff. Oh, heck no. So how, how, how do they think the money grows on trees? Yeah, that's like, right? Like our parents used to say. Yes. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, because I thought it was freaking ridiculous mm-hmm. that Biden, Joe Biden, mm-hmm. refused CBS. Yes, and goes on tick freaking talk. Oh my God! At halftime, come on to talk to to deliver a message. Oh. Okay, now <laughs> they're promoting young people to get off of social media, but he goes on TikTok. And oh, by the way, TikTok I believe is owned by a Chinese company. Uh, the, yes, the Chinese uh, communist. Yeah. Okay. Right. So first of all, then then he goes on and talks about shrinkonomics. How, you know, his bag of chips are a little light. His drinks are a little smaller. And he's tired of these companies shrinking the offerings yeah, sure. for the same price. Sure. So what is that called? Shrinkflation. 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 In fact. I thought, though, that Bidenomics yes. <laughs> was taking care of inflation. He just told on himself. He busted himself <laughs> he on national Whatever that was. It, you, want to, you want to hear what he said? Yeah, let's I hear, it. hear it. Go ahead. It's Super Bowl Sunday. If you're anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. You know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. A bag of chips has fewer chips, but they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size, but not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. The American public is tired of being played for suckers. I'm calling on companies to put a stop to this. Let's make sure businesses do the right thing now. He is... He like he thinks we're stupid. Yes, like he does. we're stupid. He does. We are freaking stupid. That's right. So, like, that is inflation, and he said that he is fighting inflation. That Bidenomics is you know, you know, fighting inflation, and the economy is good under him. That is a direct function of his policy of spending. And, and he goes on the air. He's not smart enough to realize that he just exposed himself to the world. Yes. Right? He did. And so going back to the, the, the politics, like yes. I, I was listening to someone today talk about Fred Smith from uh, FedEx. Yes. Okay, the founder of FedEx. Mm-hmm. Smart people like Fred Smith and Admiral Mullen – 
you know, they bring up the deficit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the more we spend and give away money to, whether it be Ukraine or wherever else, the more we print money, the bigger the deficit gets. And we're and, and, and this person referenced we're we're borrowing money from our grandkids. And so the deficit, illegals, the economy, shrinkonomics, it's fundamental stuff. Like I am a basketball coach. And it's all about fundamentals. Can you pass, handle, and shoot the ball? Mm-hmm. Can you come to a jump stop? Can you pivot? Can you stay on balance? Can you do basic things really well? Well, we as a country are not. And what are those things? I, I've always felt that, you, that the people need to feel safe, uh, have a de- decent quality of life, and hope for a better future. And th- to do that, we need to have a strong economy, law and order, a strong military, and a moral compass to make decisions that are in the best interest of our people. And this leadership is not doing those things. The, the, the issues with this shrinkflation thing is, is maddening because you can, if you find in your garage, because for a long time, our grandparents, our parents, and some of us, keep uh, old coffee cans in the garage because mm-hmm. you use it for painting, you use it for putting nails, things like mm-hmm. that. Now, if, if you're lucky enough to find a coffee can from like 2010 that's in your garage and you take a coffee can that's out there now, there is a markedly different size right. in those cans. And they shave it a little bit. It's like two two ounces, three ounces. Eventually, they just Or then they put it in, in liters or milliliters so you, you get confused, right? You don't know the 100%. conversion rate. A hundred percent. And and then, or, or you get the you get those little box, uh, the little sealed boxes that have coffee in it, right? So, right. So you don't know. You don't know. It's not in a can anymore, right? right? So he, he goes through this whole list. But what's funny about it is all the stuff that he has on, on the table, ice cream, cookies, popcorn, whatever it is, all this different stuff. It's all junk food. Right. Are you, are you. Is he setting an example? A hundred percent he is. Right. hundred percent. He's got a cognitive issue. He notoriously is known as somebody who eats garbage. I mean, he eats nothing but junk food. Eat some vegetables. Come on, big bunch. Get some, get some vegetables in there. Get some radishes. Get some salad. Do that stuff. And then he'll really see how expensive stuff is. Right. Because you can't shrink a head of lettuce, and you can't shrink, you know, a, a, a nice handful of uh, radishes. Right. You can't do that, but but it's in the packaging. You can play all those games all day long. And then he's blaming it on right corporate America. That's right. Remember, he was shocked that chopped uh, hamburger was expensive. He's nine dollars for yeah. a pack of hamburger. Like 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 Crazy Joe goes to the yeah to to Food Lion. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I bet she pulls into and he'd stop. He'd stop right at the Chinese restaurant in the same parking lot. Do a TikTok. <laughs> Why not? News Talk eleven ten. I'm him on TikTok. Are you kidding me? Look at how small the egg foo young is. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show alongside the coach, Matt Doherty. Let's grab a call, coach. What do you think about that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk to Ralph uh, first up. Ralph, welcome to the show. Good afternoon, coach and uh, Brett. You yes, know, sir. I was at the Wally World the other weekend and contributed to uh, the Girl Scouts buying a set of their cookies, box mm-hmm. of cookies. And, and being honest, no, no joke or anything, they were about the size of a half dollar, like your older half dollars. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just sad, uh, you know, that this is what they're playing, though, on the low information voter that they're not going to notice and, and everything. And it's just uh, another side point. Fred Smith, right before, after Biden got elected and started throwing money at this Green New Deal on Nick Caputo's show on Fox, said, by doing this, you're going to cause inflation and supply chain demand. So he, he knew before all this transpired what we were heading into. Well, I appreciate that, Ralph. Fred Smith is a smart man. I mean, he, he started FedEx. And, and uh, he understands supply chain. He understands economics. And when we have a lifetime politician in the White House who has never had a real job, uh, doesn't understand uh, supply demand, uh, this is what we get. And you could love tra- Trump. You could hate Trump. But he's a businessman. He understood business. And when you're talking about being the president of the country or the president of a college, mm-hmm. Or the president of a fraternity house, you're running a business, and you got to know how to run a business, and and we are running this business into the ground. Well, and one one other little thing, and everything, uh, as far you know, I, I know a bunch of libertarians, and they say, "Oh, I'm not going to vote. I'm not going to vote." But they're hoarding silver and gold, and, and, and you know, stocking up on food. But when you don't vote at all. Basically, if you have means to support yourself, you're hurting the people that are on fixed incomes. And you're you're right. basically, in my opinion, throwing them in the ditch and say, okay, fend for yourself. You know, I'm going to stay home and vote. And 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 some people say, oh, I sleep better at night. You know, I, I, you're not you're not you need to get out of the rim of your own. I think that's a selfish act. And look out at other people. Ralph, I think that's a selfish act. Uh, their forefathers uh, fought for this country and the right to vote is one of the biggest gifts we have, biggest responsibilities we have. There are other countries that would love to have the opportunity to vote. And um, no matter how you feel, you need to exercise that right. And it's sad. we got 126 million people voting. And, well, we got about 300 and probably 60, but about 30 of them <laughs> are, you know, not here legally. But, yeah, you know, on a small business, it, it frustrates me because – you know this too, Coach. You spend 65, 70 hours a week, and then you have employees, and you try to try to you know get, make sure they have work and stuff like that. And for some career politician who's never run a business, like you said, just running this country in the ground, it, it frustrates me. And look, I, 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 I hear this from a lot of people right? about the frustration level. But what they want you to do is become frustrated and then not participate. That's right. You give in. You have to drag yourself. you got to drag yourself to vote because if you don't, um, we, we already know what the game is going to look like in a second term. Uh, we, we know what this is going to look like. And 
it, it's it's it will be lucky to survive what, what's what's coming next. Well, when I when I bought those cookies, I left them little girls, and I, I I was very nice. I said, "Y'all, young ladies, need to learn about history. You need to learn about business." And I said, "You know, the, it seems like the cookies are getting a little, a little bit smaller each year, and everything." But uh, you know, it's, it's it, this is a sad day in America that 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 hardworking people have to try to defend themselves. You know, for doing the right thing. It's amazing. All right. Uh, thanks for the call, Ralph. Appreciate you being out there, man. Thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, that's Ralph uh, checking in. But here, here's the thing. he He's right about the need for people to learn economics. I mean, the single greatest violation that has taken place in this culture, in this country, is an inability to understand how money works, mm-hmm. how 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 leverage works how how all that stuff is important and and talking to a girl scout who's seven eight twelve years old about your cookies are small we need to encourage them because it's an encouragement of of you know working in, in the world of commerce we have all these socialists that just want to throw money out the out of the helicopter yeah and it just it's it's irresponsible. It, it, if you ran your business or your personal finances like the government, right, you'd be bankrupt. Well, you'd be in jail because they print their own money. Right. If we were printing our own money in the in the uh, in the basement, we'll be in, we'll be in prison at the Gray Bar Hotel. Yeah, the Gray Bar Hotel. I mean, that's that's what. And, and look, and that's. I, I talk to people all the time about the, the importance for understanding being financially literate. And they say, well, they should teach it in schools. That's the last place you want to learn. Those teachers are not going to teach it properly. They're going to tell you the money comes from the government. They're not going to tell you. You've got to learn it at your, at your dad's knee, your mom's knee, whatever it is. You've got to learn it with them. They're the ones paying the bills. Yeah. And I know it's tough. It's a mixed, it's a mixed bag. It, 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 it is, I'm, you know, I'm learned a few lessons from my parents and I probably could have done a better job with my children, although uh, they're both pretty much debt-free. You See, know? You they, they're, they're debt-free. My son has a car payment and that's it. And my daughter has an apartment payment, uh-huh. um, but they have savings. And, you know, we're blessed because they didn't have to go into debt to go to college. And... Um, we talk about debt, like credit card debt is the worst thing you can do, the worst thing you can do. And I remember my parents telling me, you know, um, basically, if you can't, if it, you don't have the money in the bank to cover a credit card charge, don't buy it. And then back back in the day, American Express had a credit card that had to be paid off. Right. Sure. I like had one you, of those. You know, and so you had to pay it in 30 days. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that makes sense. I'll do that. And uh, uh, I did have a teacher in high school said, get a credit card, go to Sears, and I'm dating myself, buy a hammer, pay it off. Now you have a good credit score. So when you need time to, when it's time for you to buy a house, you have a good credit score. It's a good call. That was good advice. Uh, really great advice. Peace.
Look at those white lines. Vision, dreams of passion. News Talk, 1110, 99.3 WBT. I haven't heard that song in a long oh, time. Taking you back on the way back. Right? That's it. You going up to the uh, Boogie Down Bronx? Boogie Down Bronx. You probably know who sang that song. This? Yeah. This? <laughs> who is it? It's not, it's not Africa Bambata. DJ TJ, who is it? Grandmaster Flash. Was it really? GMF. Covered by Duran Duran at one point, too, in the, uh, in the late 90s. But he does a better job. Wow. What'd you think of uh, the halftime show? I thought it was okay. Yeah. I, mean, I thought it was all right. Yeah. He's a talented guy. Oh, Usher? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was good. That, that you know his hometown? Uh, Rutherford? Uh, Chattanooga. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga, Tennessee. By the Choo Choo. And uh, just a talented guy. Just, it was tough to keep up with all the songs. Like, but then Alicia Keys comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he is an entertainer, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big for time. sure. Big time, for sure. Brought back a lot of Michael Michael Jackson dance moves. It's a really good good analogy. Thank I you. like it. I thank like you. it. It was good. Yeah, thank you. He didn't have the glove on. He had a white glove on. I if I was going out, I think I'd have two white gloves on. You do? I think I would. What are you going to communion? First I communion? I don't want germs. I don't want germs. Don't want germs? Let's talk to Ken. Ken's got questions for Coach. Ken, welcome to the program. Hi, Brett. Hi, Coach. How are you? Hello. Good, Ken. Uh, last week I was asking you about the places that you you know, enjoyed playing at, and I didn't get to ask. Uh, there's a segment that Coach K spoke to one of the Tar Heel players, and I can't remember who, but Dean Smith got on him. Um, did you ever have an opposing coach verbally abuse you or say something to you while you were on the court? Yeah, good question. I thought that was Coach Smith might have gotten upset at Rick Barnes in the ACC tournament when Rick Barnes Ooh. was at Clemson. I don't recall him getting upset at Coach K for talking to one of the players. Okay, I stand corrected. I, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. If I've been wrong once, maybe once, maybe or twice in my life. I <clears throat> uh, hope my wife's not listening. Um, <laughs> and so, I don't recall a coach ever saying anything to me. Um, but I did have a player do something to me, and I purposely went down to the other coach to let them know because I don't think it's my job, uh, my responsibility to to discipline or communicate with another. It'd be like me going to your your child and saying, "Hey, you know, um, you know, don't talk like that." Mm-hmm. Now, unless we are tight like neighbors and you give me the green light like growing up where I grew up Angie and Uncle Pete were our next door neighbors they were not relatives but if I did something wrong and Uncle Pete saw that he could discipline me like my dad he had that green light but who was was the player uh it was Dante Jones at Duke um he hit a shot in front of our bench in in Cameron Indoor Stadium and and, kind of popped me on my chest like with the back of his hand almost okay. like in a and I went down to coach I went straight down to coach K I said you tell him to keep his hands off me you know <laughs> yeah because I don't uh, think it was I my I don't think it was my role like if I went after the kid yeah it's not a good look 
So, right. you know, Coach K, discipline your players. I'll discipline mine. Well, you're correct. Right. Yeah. Uh, I have one more question. Sure. Uh, Dean Smith, from what I've read, never used profanity. That's right. If he did not, how did he get through to players and motivate them, say, at halftime for not living up to what they should be doing? Yeah, I think Coach uh, – and, and Roy Williams didn't either. Uh, if he did, it was very, 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 very rare. Um, I think Coach Smith, he would say that uh, – Something along the lines, if you had to, you know, you should be more intelligent than have to use uh, curse words to communicate. And I I admired that. Uh, And, you know, he's smart. Like, smart leaders are very calculate, you know, calculating in in the way they manage behaviors. And it all comes down to behaviors. What kind of behaviors do you want your players to to perform? to do or your employees to do or your kids to do and if you're smart you don't need to yell and scream um and and i i i did that at times and it was not you know i look back i said i should i should have been better and i think that you can be calculating and coach smith you know i mean that's why you have who has leverage right you create a roster with good players so if you're not performing the way he wants or acting the way he wants guess what you, he takes you out of the game. Right. So he doesn't have to yell and scream or curse. Eh, he just say, eh, Matthew, why don't you sit on the side? Or Matthew, uh, Doherty, Exum changed jerseys. Like, that's the worst thing he could say to me in practice. Exum, Cecil, God rest his soul, was my backup. So that was like him yelling and screaming at me. Sometimes we joked, I wish he would yell and scream. Versus saying, eh, Matthew, uh, I bet you haven't thrown a pass that bad since uh, St. Raphael's. Well, that was my grammar school. Like, he knew how to get to you, right? Right. And so he was very intelligent and calculating and didn't have to use that language. And you know what? The best leaders really don't have to. And and right. I think looking at some I, of my, I didn't know Cecil Exum had passed away. Yes, he died uh, six months ago or so. Wow. Yeah, it's been a rough year for the Tar Heels. We lost C. Selexum, Walter Davis, and Eric Montross. Wow. Sure have. Yeah. But those okay. are great Thank questions, you, Ken. I appreciate your time. Great, great questions. Thank you. Uh, great stuff. Uh, Ken, Ken's, he, gets, he gets good stuff out of you, Good man. stuff. I mean, he oh, really yeah. does. Good stuff and good leadership stuff like the Dean Smith stuff. Would, would, Co- would Coach Smith ever call you on the phone, you know, after hours or something like that to have a conversation with you that – he wanted to pick up from from when you guys were practicing. You know, uh, you know, back then was it, we had dorm phones, so yeah. very rare. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he he communicated a lot through handwritten notes. Interesting. Very very always writing notes to uh, players, former players, um, recruits, uh, and then you know he he would have. You know, probably just comments before practice or after practice. He'll pull you aside and and. Um, you know, uh, if it was real important, you know, we had kind of yearly reviews yeah. in the office. But uh, if it was if it was real important, he'd, he'd meet with you in the office. Did you ever did you ever send notes to any of your players like picking up on that tradition? Oh, yeah. I think, the, you know, the power of a handwritten note. Very. Uh, that, that's that's a lost art. Mm-hmm. And I think we can go back to that because it really shows that you've taken time. Yes. Because you actually took out a pen and you, you took a 
pa- a, 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 a piece of paper and then you put it in an envelope and mm-hmm. you know you lick the the envelope and put ma- it, whether you put a stamp on it or not but it's very personal and the yes. power of that is those things could be kept yes and most people do keep them i have i have notes from dean smith and michael jordan and george bush framed in my home office that's awesome it's awesome we got a great hour straight ahead Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT, Brett Witterbull, the coach. What up, what up? Good to be with you. And guess what that song means? That means we got Bo Thompson in the house. Bo Thompson, how are you? Hey, guys. How are we doing? Good to have you here. It's good to have you here. Uh, we got some ugliness uh, in Kansas City uh, happening, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I've been watching that press conference uh, for the last uh, 20 minutes or so, and um it's just a shame that you can't go to a parade in, in, in 2024 and not have something like this break out. I mean, I know the, the details are still um, coming in, and uh, you know, one person is dead and 10 to 15 others injured, and I just heard the police chief say they still have people walking into hospitals. So it's yeah. you know, far from, uh, from the point where we can start really understanding how this all connects. But it's just uh, a sad day when a team is supposed to be celebrating a Super Bowl for a city. I, I, I was talking to uh, TJ and Coach about this uh, about this event, and I hate to say this, but is is this now going to mean the end of these victory parades? And now it's got to all be controlled in the stadium or in the arena or whatever it's got to be because it's 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 nice when you're able to get out there and see your stars that you don't have to go pay fifty bucks, a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks to see the see the stars. They're out there. Is this going to bring a change like that, Bo? What do you think? I uh, wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I, I like you say, I I, I hate that um, that it seems to be moving that way. But I mean, they had they had eight hundred cops out there today. I mean, they had cops in uniform. They had yep. all the things FBI. based on what I heard. Uh, they had all the things that that should that should have been in place. And I'm sure there were tons of people that were. You know, we didn't know. You know how these things are. I mean, they have they have the, the obvious uh, uh, law enforcement detail, and for an event like this, I'm sure they had many, many more we didn't see, and still this happened. So, because of that, and and I commend. I mean, based on all the reports I've heard, you had lots of of law enforcement running, you know, into in, into harm's way, as we've heard in so many cases like this before. Um, so if, if all of that is in place and this still happens, uh, you know, they're bad actors. As the, the police chief just said that very phrase, you know, they're still going to be bad actors. And that's not, I mean, that's, that's in any large gathering. But, yeah. but back to your point, um, I, I imagine it's going to be on the table to the, the NFL. Uh, well, this is not an NFL necessarily, uh, you know, sanctioned event, but this is, you know, this is a combination of the, of the city and a lot of different uh, yeah. entities. But, Whoever sits down and plans these things when you have a celebration, I'm sure future discussions are going to at least include some sort of uh, consideration, like you just said. 
Coach, uh, did you ever worry about like security, safety when you're out with the team or anything like that? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, Playing or coaching, either either side. You know, on on the road, like there's a lot of issues this year in court court stormings. You know, on the road and the safety of the players, and the, you know, I've, I've felt uh, nervous about that running off the court. I remember as assistant coach at Iowa State. Um, and they were just coming at you. You're going the opposite direction. Um, but this stuff is, you know, it, it's sad. And I don't know what the answer really is. You know, do you not put on anything? And, and are you giving into whoever these people are? Terrorists, snipers, bad people. And... You know, I think we as a country after 9-11 made kind of a vow that we're not going to let people mm-hmm. keep us from coming together at events yep. um, because this is, you know, American. We, we're free and, mm-hmm. you know, but this gives you pause because at the end of the day, I'm not going to that event. Right. For sure. these types of reasons. For, right. Like, exactly. I, you know, because there's it's great. It could be crazy. Mm-hmm. And. And lack of control, and and so I don't have an answer. I'm just so disheartened because I've been to Kansas City. I've been there. It's probably over near the plaza. Uh, lived in Kansas for seven years. Uh, went to Kansas City Chief games. Their players came to our games. Marty Schottenheimer, former coach, came to our games. Um, you know, and and um, to see that. Because you know what? It could be one of our kids. For sure. That's right. Well, and you have an organization that is, uh, I mean, this is not their first rodeo with one of these celebrations. This is the third one in five years. So uh, they, they've done this before. And, and you know, it makes me think about, you know, the 4th of July celebration there mm-hmm. at Romare and Park. We had some bad actors that, you know, uh, spoiled a, a, a huge, a great time for a lot of people out there just trying to, to uh, watch some fireworks and, and, and have some family time. And, you know, my point being is, you know, it's, it's on the largest scale, it's on small scales. And uh, I keep coming back to that, that phrase, bad actors. And I think we also live in an age where people, um, you know, you talk about the motivations and I, you know, the, the, the thing about storming the court is an interesting one, um, especially, you know, talking to coach who, uh, has been a player. You've been a coach. You've seen this. Uh, you've been down there, and I always think about that. Uh, um, there was that moment a few weeks ago where Caitlin Clark got hit by a fan. Yep. You know, as she was exiting the court, um, and and yet I remember us talking about the fans rushing the field. Um, you know, in the Duke Carolina football game this fall, and I remember after the game, uh, somebody saying, "Well, you know what? Uh, all of these kids that are here." Uh, when they started their classes, they were in the middle of COVID. So they haven't, <laughs> haven't been able yeah. to celebrate much. And now this is the end of their career. So, I mean, there are different perspectives to all of this. And I totally agree. There's the thought process that the coach is talking about, about, you know, do you, um, you know, do you let the perpetrators win by shutting down everything you do? You can't, you, you, yeah. it's to some degree, you've got to go on with regular life or you just live in a bubble all the time, but Very true. there's no, there's no perfect answer here. Yeah, Bo, I'm like, you know, when I go to a movie theater. Sure. You, you, you know, when, when you go to, a, go to a sporting event or you go to, you know, a concert, um, 
it, it gives you pause. You do think and look around and try to be more alert and, mm-hmm. um, you know, go visit my daughter in New York City and you have, you know, the crazies that are up there every, you know, in Times Square. But you can't live. You just have to be smart, yeah. strategic, and yet bad things happen. It does. It does. Because bad people do bad things. Yeah. And you can't account for and, evil. And this is not directly ra- related to the border issue, but I'm as a coach, I always like control what you can control. Absolutely. So you can control being in shape. You can control double knotting your shoelaces. You can control <laughs> your attitude. The things you can control, control, and we're not controlling the border. That's so right. these types of things, whether that was a direct result of an illegal immigrant or not, mm-hmm. are now we're exposing our homeland and our citizens to risk we're putting them at more risk now because we're not monitoring the border yeah well no doubt this will be uh one of the top stories tomorrow but uh what else you got we have uh congressional candidate don brown who was in our uh, d8 debate a few weeks ago at uh wingate he's going to join us at 805 tomorrow and scott hamilton is in charleston tonight covering the trump rally there So we'll have him on during the show tomorrow and get updates on how that all went and everything else. So like you said, that's uh, developed between now and then, uh, starting at 6 a.m. with Bethany. Great stuff. And Bo Thompson joins us courtesy of Ph.D. Weight Loss and Nutrition. Appreciate you being there, my friend. Thanks so much. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. Brett Waterbowl alongside the coach, Matt Doherty. I want to welcome to the program uh, Pedro Orta. He brings his 18 years of experience as a CIA veteran to a, a brand-new memoir. Time served in Iraq, Afghanistan, the Middle East, and other war zone locations. And the uh, Office of the Inspector General for the Intelligence Community, earning eight exceptional performance awards, a thrilling and captivating expose that unveils the deep state bent on destroying dissent and preserving its power. His new book is called The Broken Whistle, and he joins us now. Uh, Pedro, thanks so much for your service to this country, and we appreciate you making time for us here today. Thank you so much, Brad. Highly appreciate it, and thank you for having me on your show today. So it's uh, it's me and, and Coach Matt Doherty who are uh, uh, going to be uh, asking you some questions here. Um, I want to start with the revelation in the last, um, really the last 18 hours or so, the reporting that has come out that indicates that the surveillance of the Trump team uh, began much earlier than suspected. Uh, John Brennan running the CIA and, and obviously Barack Obama's administration being a part of this. Uh, your your thoughts on this as somebody who was both inside and is now outside? I mean, I, I got to work for Brennan. I got to meet him at, at a uh, COS, Chief of Station Leadership Seminar one time. And... I witnessed firsthand as far as the rhetoric, as far as upholding the law, speaking truth to power, doing what is right. Then when it's time to do things, I notice how there is a perversion of morality and and just abusing power to uh, benefit oneself or one's beliefs and so forth. Uh, Brennan, I mean, targeted a whistleblower and demanded that the whistleblower be prosecuted despite the fact that the Department of Justice had already investigated and determined that no crimes were committed. And this is the case of John Kiriakou. 
So he basically perverted justice. Then there's another case of how he basically had his fingers involved in the Jeffrey Sterling uh, case of another CIA officer who was actually indicted under circumstantial evidence Mm -hmm. that in any court of law more than likely would have been thrown out, but because it was prosecuted in Northern Virginia that is heavily in favor of the government, he was basically convicted and sentenced and sent to jail. So it doesn't surprise me that uh, these revelations on Brennan are now being surfaced again, and there's quite a bit of credibility to them, as we had seen prior with the revelations of uh, the unmasking of General Flynn Mm -hmm. and the role of high-level Obama administration officials targeting Flynn. This is clearly violations of law, and more importantly, abuses of power that are prohibited uh, and should be investigated, and if possible, prosecuted. You you were in the intelligence community for, when, when did you start in the intelligence community? When did you start at the CIA? July of 2000. July of 2000. Before 9-11. Okay. So with that in mind, you, you, uh, you had a different glide path uh, that, than, than people who may have just joined in the last uh, decade or so. Can you chart where it was that the CIA and the IC generally uh, became politicized um, moving forward where uh, it was about quashing the, uh, quashing the ability to allow elections to come off fairly, things like that, in the United States. When did this start, Pedro? I, I mean, historically, if you look at holistically the entire history of the intelligence community, 1947, the National Security Act began really the institution. The, the CIA, the FBI, years past, were caught doing the same thing, abusing their powers for political purposes. It, it's essentially nothing new. Now, where it went wrong yeah. is the Church Committee in the mid-'70s made some oversight functions to help deter those powers from being abused. And those oversight mechanisms actually worked to a degree. And keep in mind, we had issues in the 80s with Iran-Contra. Right. Uh, They were investigated. Fast forward into the 90s, fast forward into the 2000s. You keep going forward into 2010. One of the problems we've had is look at how many Democratic presidents we've had with their high-level appointees, Clinton, eight years, then Bush, eight years, Obama, eight years. Mm-hmm. By the time Trump came in, you're looking at essentially 16 years of Democratic leadership of the executive branch and only eight of Bush. But Bush came in at a time where 9-11 right. granted vast powers mm-hmm. to the national security establishment which gave them the ability to pervert that power and abuse that power under counterterrorism authorities, which is that FISA collection mechanism, the 702, which they use against foreigners, Mm -hmm. but a loophole allows to potentially exploit U.S. collection. Okay, so here's what I want to do. I'm due for a break. I want to hold you over into this next segment. I want to get into Five Eyes and and this story because— Uh, They figured out a way to hotwire the ability to surveil, and I want to get your thoughts on this 
Brett Woodville, Coach Matt Doherty, and Pedro Orta, a veteran of the CIA and the intelligence community. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993 WBT, Brett Winterville and the coach, Matt Doherty, and uh, continuing our conversation with um, somebody who's uh, given us a lot of great information, uh, Pedro Orta. It is good to have you back. Let me ask you, as we were talking about the surveillance uh, state for all intents and purposes, the use of five eyes, so that would be uh, Canada, England, the United States, uh, Australia and New Zealand and, and the workarounds that went with that as it approached the issues with Flynn and with Trump and with Papadopoulos and all that sort of stuff. Um, how, how did that come to pass? Well, I mean, there, there's an intelligence agreement between the five eyes that they will work together, they will collect and they will share. And like anything, when you've got an intelligence collection, you've got basically taskings as far as who's going to do what. In, in, in the case of the, the FISA, I mean, FISA is designed to collect against foreigners. Um, and this is very well known, discussed today in Congress. It's actually aired in Twitter. And there are strict guidelines and regulations as far as how to do it, what to collect, what not to collect who to collect on, so forth, and we're prohibited from collecting on Americans. But it's that incidental collection that becomes a problem. Now, I worked FISA. I was trained to work with it, and it's required to do actually yearly training, and you certify that you will not abuse it. You will not use it to collect on U.S. citizens and even legal residents. And if something happens and you, by mistake, did so, you report it, and you have to certify that it's incidental and that there was an accident, and it actually gets investigated. And if it turns out that you actually did it on purpose, you could be prosecuted. I mean, at a minimum, you could lose your job. You'd lose your clearance. So if such things happen as far as in the United States, the U.S. intelligence community, any member, whether FBI, CIA, willfully abuses that authority, uh, they could be subjected to prosecution. Uh, so, I mean, th- this is no accident. Somewhere along the line, it had to be at a very high level because issues of collecting on U.S. nationals requires Department of Justice authorizations. And it goes all the way up, more likely, to the Attorney General. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, depending on the sensitivity, like General Flynn, I can assure you that it goes to the White House. And they would only collect on such an individual if the White House signed off on it. And So, so, so Obama would know it. Would Biden have known this? Uh, more than likely, he would have known or his staff at a minimum would have known. Talk about the unmasking that, that took place, because um, we understand that in that room... You had the president, you had the attorney general, 
at that point, uh, uh, it was it was uh, his wingman, as we know. Um, we, we know that uh, Joe Biden was in that room, but so was Susan Rice and the uh, ironically enough, the U.N. ambassador to the United Nations and Samantha Power. These people were all able to flip those switches, weren't they? Uh, the only one that would have the authority to do that would be the attorney general at the command of the president. The others could lobby. The others could push for it. Mm-hmm. But essentially, the Department of Justice is the final call as far as using intelligence powers to collect on U.S. persons, because at that point in time, you have to have some kind of legal justification for some kind of potential criminal investigation, usually counterintelligence or counterterrorism. Your thoughts on China and the CCP and the connection to um, the the Biden family. Uh, We've been seeing new revelations coming out. Um, Do you believe that this administration, and specifically the president, is compromised? I mean, based on what we've seen and heard, there are issues that need to be fully investigated. And there continues to be a lot of stonewalling by the Bidens, not allowing Congress to get the information they need to get. And also, for that matter, Department of Justice stonewalling, uh, government agencies stonewalling, IRS stonewalling, and so forth, not giving Congress, the oversight committees, the information they need. And that goes to the biggest problem that we have, a complete failure of congressional oversight to rein in the abuses of the executive branch, not just the office of the presidency at times, but for that matter, these rogue bureaucracies. Pedro, uh, Matt Doherty here. Uh, Your book, The Broken Whistle, you you risk a lot in, in coming out with this. What kind of personal pushback, retribution, uh, I believe you were terminated, uh, uh, smear campaign, uh, you had to withstand a lot uh, to come out and tell the truth. What, what have you experienced? Well, the book is really what I experienced on the inside as a whistleblower. And I experienced, in, in, in the simplest terms, a just insane bureaucratic bullying campaign to silence, denigrate me, and to force me to literally quit the CIA. But I refused to quit. So when I refused to quit, then they basically send in the Office of Security like a big bad bully trying to threaten me. And I called their bluff. So at that point in time, they actually put surveillance on me and be on a lookout list, not allowing me entry into a building. And at that point in time, I was put on administrative leave and put through a uh, administrative process called the Personal Evaluation Board, which is basically a kangaroo court when you read the fine print, because they can only make a recommendation to the Office of Security, and it's the Office of Security that makes the final determination. So the Office of Security took the final reprisals against me, and I don't know what the Personal Evaluation Board told them to do, but they decided to fire me, terminate me a year shy from retirement. Wow. And, uh, you know, I lost everything. So you know, so you, you, plus you, years of hard work, war zone work, Iraq, Afghanistan. You know, I suffered health issues. You know, fam- family suffered a lot. For what? For the government to basically fire me because they were upset because I blew the whistle on them? Do you regret doing that? 
Uh, absolutely not. We have to stand up, speak truth to power. We have laws on the books. I did the right thing. I was required to report the wrongdoing that I reported through internal channels, and I did. And it turns out that these reporting channels don't work. Yeah. And that's the problem, again, that Congress continues to fail to correct. Yep. And I believe that by writing this book, it will air out these issues, and God willing, we can move forward and correct some of these deficiencies. You, uh, what was the term you just used? Speak to, speak the truth, speak to the truth. Speak truth to power. Speak, I like that a lot. Speak truth to power. I, I, I'm all about mining for the truth, and we need more of that in this country. What, what impact, I'm assuming, you know, do you have wife, children, and if so, what was the impact on them? Uh, it, it's a long story, but in the short, uh, I had... A lot of separation from family caused by being kicked out of one CIA station early because a chief of station, his deputy chief of station, and his chief of operations just didn't like me. That basically separated me, my fiance, my newborn daughter. And at that point in time, because I had to go through the uh, process to get married to a foreign national, we really were not reunited fully until like three years later when my daughter was three years I, I barely saw my daughter the first year. Wow. And for that matter, the second and even going into the third year, we were separated. And then finally, when we are together, I'm going back out to a war zone, and I get kicked out of that war zone. But at that point in time, uh, what happened was all the hardships that we suffered eventually caused uh, my wife and my daughter to move back to the native country. And we got divorced, mm. and, you know, I've been separated from my daughter. She's now 14 years old, uh-huh. and we basically have lived our lives separated. Uh, and I have to deal with her crying every time that I visit her, and I depart and I go back home. Yeah, uh, just t- t- unnecessary t- sacrifices t- that CIA officers go through. T- Tulsa, Oklahoma, is that your home now? That's my home now. And you're a, pa- a pastor, a minister there? Um, I'm an ordained minister with Christ for All Nations. I've done some uh, evangelism missionary work, and for the most part, mostly an itinerant minister right now. Yeah. I I just really admire uh, the strength and, um, you know, speaking truth to power. I love that line, and and I will use that in the future and and think of you uh, when I do and certainly give you the credit for it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. We appreciate you making time for us today, and um, God bless you, man, because you're, you're somebody who's a patriot, and um, I'm, I'm hoping things work out in, in a great way for you. Thanks for being there, Pedro. Amen. Thank you for having me on the show today. God bless you. You, you as well. That's uh, Pedro Orta. And that book, um, you want to get it, is The Broken Whistle. Coach getting all fired up here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, a uh, question that was flown into me, Coach Matt Dorty. Yes. This is from my friend Don. Hey, Don. He says, uh, he says, if Michael Jordan was the model for the perfect basketball player, yeah. 
Who would be your pick for next in line? Yeah, when you say perfect basketball player, to me that means somebody that can do seven things really well. Can you pass, handle, and shoot the ball with speed, quickness, toughness, and savvy? Okay? And I would say then Larry Bird. Uh, now, the thing that Larry Bird didn't have is speed or quickness, but he had elite quickness in a four-foot box. And what do I mean by that? Because he could create space in a four-foot box. And the big thing in the NBA is you want to create space to get a shot off. And he could do that because of his ball fakes, his jab fakes. And he was 6'9". I mean, he's closer to 6'10". I, I worked for Larry Bird when I was with the Pacers. Huge man. And he was often guarded by a small forward. So he could post that guy up and have a fallaway jumper. If there was a bigger guy out there, he could take him out to the three-point line and drive it. Imagine him today. He'd be a, five, a stretch five in the NBA, wow. and he, he, he would mess with people because he could pass the ball, pass, handle, and shoot. Do that at elite level at almost 6'10", 200, whatever, 30 pounds. Mm -hmm. Pass, handle, and shoot with speed, quickness. Not great speed, but elite quickness in a four-foot box toughness and savvy he might have been the toughest player ever in the nba and the smartest player ever in the nba so i'd say larry bird given what you just described would he be able to play in this NBA? oh my goodness because, because of the foul Whoa, because don't of the foul. even ask because of oh. the foul because of the fouling because of the physicality in the, that wait, wait, in this afraid. game yes Larry Bird in this game? Michael Jordan in this game? Yeah, yeah. Give me those two in this game. Like, like, it's a joke. Like, Michael Jordan, when he had to go to the basket, got physically pounded by the Pistons and the Knicks, and all he did was get up and go to the foul line. Now, you can't touch Michael Jordan in the NBA. You, you can't hand check. Back then, you could hand check. And when you got to the basket, you could have flagrant fouls. They, that was just a foul back then. Now it's a flagrant two and you get tossed. So Michael Jordan would score 50 points a game in today's game, and Larry Bird would probably score 48. Wow. Like nobody, like Larry Bird would be an elite stretch five. What, what do I mean by that? Well, the game's undersized. So now Larry Bird could guard any center in today's game. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't get exposed on the defensive end. And on the offensive end, there's not a big that could guard him. He'd, he'd tool with them out, out at the three-point line or, or post-pass. Yeah. Yeah, he's, oh gosh. You, 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 miss, you miss the era, don't you? Come on, you miss the The 80s era. was the best. Yeah. The 80s and the early 90s. Now, I didn't, you know, the 70s. I saw some of the 70s. Sure. But, but the 80s and the 90s, early 90s, the Michael Jordan, Bird, mm -hmm. Magic was the best because they could pass, handle, and shoot the ball. There was a toughness about them. There were different styles. Right. Well, now everyone's kind of playing the same way. Right. And it kind of gets a little bored to me. Right. And everyone's doing pick and roll and shooting threes. And, you know, the passing, like you look at the 86 Celtics and just look, just Google 86 Celtics sure. highlight film and watch the way yep. everybody on that team could pass the rock. Oh, my God. Dennis Johnson. Dennis Johnson, Danny Ainge, the Chief. Carlisle. Greg Kite. <laughs> Why'd you have to spoil the moment? Bill, Bill Walton. Bill Walton now. If you want to look at us. At, at, Scott at, Wedman. I love Scott Wedman. Great he player. can shoot. Yeah. Kansas City Kings. All right. Colorado. Played at the University of Colorado. They're giving us the hook. Where do they go to get coaching? Go go to at Darty Matt on X or go to DartyCoaching.com. So good to have you back. Thank you. It's great News to be talk, back. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The mic.
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And all relax, it's almost over. Come on, get with it, Winterbull. I would tell you it's outrageous, Phil. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, yeah! Not ever. No way. The following takes place between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. News Talk Left 10, 99.3 WBT, Brett Witterbull Show. Hour number four underway, and we wing our way out all the way to North Charleston to uh, catch up with Scott Hamilton, who's uh, there with the uh, rally about to get underway. Uh, Scott Hamilton, good to have you here, my friend. Buddy, it's glad, I'm glad to be here. And you know there are Winterbulls all over the place. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to one now. I, I talked to one earlier in this building. I, they're multiplying like rabbits. I, I have no idea how you possibly found each other, but that's that's very interesting. My son is uh, down at that rally tonight, and uh, it's uh, it's very interesting to, uh, to see that you guys were able to make contact. Uh, he, he actually wasn't that hard. I looked for a guy uh, who would be wearing the appropriate school uniform, and I said, uh, where's Winterbull? And, and apparently they had a group chat. This is like an organized thing that, you know, these kids do. So uh, he was really nice. Really tall, man. Really tall. He's a tall, he's a tall guy. He's a tall guy. I, 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 I don't have the height, but that's okay. It's, uh, I've got the pluck. Tell me about the vibe inside that room. What, what is it, what, what's going on there tonight? Okay, Brett. So uh, almost, a, almost a month to the day. I was in this very same venue for Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, native of South Carolina, former UN ambassador, all that. It couldn't be more different. It, it couldn't be more different. First of all, there's a lot more people here. Mm-hmm. And obviously a lot more security, secret services here, uh, cops everywhere. But man, this crowd is huge. And it holds, and I was talking with a couple of other people in the media, we're thinking this venue holds around 3,000 people. Uh, We know for a fact they put out 2,000 chairs, but there's still some folks standing and from some folks still trying to get in. Uh, There's music, there's uh, merchandise being sold left and right. There's a concession stand, which actually came in really handy for me earlier, but we'll talk about that another time. (laughs) But it's just, uh, it's different. And, and, And you know, Brent, something I really want to point out that here we are in South Carolina, a critical state for Nikki Haley, basically do or die if she doesn't win her home state. And the vibe I'm getting is that they really don't like her here. I've actually had some people tell me that. And Trump rolling out the big guns. Uh, Governor Henry McMaster just spoke. He endorsed Trump. Uh, Senator Tim Scott, he spoke. Uh, Nancy Mace, uh, Congresswoman, came out. She spoke. You didn't see these kinds of people when Nikki Haley was here. And it's just, it, it, the, the contrast The contrast is evident. It, it's, it's striking. Does, does it feel to you, uh, because I, I know you've, you've covered this, uh, you've covered politics and a, a number of other venues as well, does this feel like a rerun of 2016 or 2020, or does this feel like uh, a whole new, new ballgame? 
it, it feels like a whole new ball game. It, it really does. Uh, 2016, you know, we were still trying to wrap our minds around the reality that, that he could possibly even get the nomination, let alone be the president. And then 2020, we had so many other things going on with COVID and this and that. This is different, especially, you know, we've had four years of Joe Biden, four years of uh, Joe Biden policies, everything going on in the world and in Ukraine and now over in the Middle East. And this vibe, it's, it's, you know, and they keep using this, they keep using this phrase, Brett, we've heard it before in other elections, but I want to get your take on it. Most important election of our lifetime. I, I, I think that goes without saying. I, I really do. And I'm not trying to, you know, be the king of hyperbole. I'm not trying to be a prisoner of the moment. But I think it aptly applies to this election, and you can feel it oozing from this crowd. Yeah, look, I, I think that there's a lot to be said for that. Because we... When you see the inevitable matchups that are starting to line up, okay, you're, you're just ready for it to get on, to get about it, and, and to get on to that. We, we've seen it with dynasties that play football. We've seen it with dynasties that play basketball, the baseball dynasties and, and, and matchups like that. Um, the reality is you, you've got Biden and, and you've got likely Trump, and, and that's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like on to the, to the races. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's anybody with animus towards Nikki Haley or, or anybody else who's running. Dean Phillips is still running uh, over on the Democrat side. Um, it, it's just it's a matter of okay, let's get this let's get this underway. And I think that speaks to what you're saying as it relates to the idea of of uh, the, the importance of this of, of this election. Now, let me let me pivot over to this for a real quick second uh, to you uh, as well. And it's this. Yes. What is the capa- yep. what's the capacity in that room? Uh, uh, the capacity we're estimating 3,000. 3,000. Uh, okay. Yeah, we know they put out 2,000 chairs. There's probably another 500 standing, and that's that. That's not including media. So I would say it's right at capacity. Yeah. Um. Again, when Nikki Haley was here. The, Plenty of room. I'll, yeah. I'll leave it at that. I mean, yeah. you know, there there were half as many rows, half as many seats. Gotcha. Uh, can I can I take you to the world of sports for a quick second? And it, it, only only tangentially uh, sports. We saw this horrible event take place in Kansas City today. Uh, I was talking with Bo Thompson about this. This this shooting that took place during or just after at the very end of the uh, of of the uh, pep rally or the uh, the celebration uh, parade for the. Uh, for, for, for what we saw with the Kansas City Chiefs, are we going to have to live through a, a another way of doing these? Or, or is this the end of the line for the public events when people can just show up and kind of hang out? Are we going to have to be completely controlled in an arena or in a stadium from now on, and the magic will be out the door? I'm kind of surprised we're not already there, Brett. I mean, given everything that's happened in the last few years and how school shootings have become the norm and now we're actually looking for ways to rephrase active shooter trading right I, I mean I, I think I think it's already here I'm surprised it's it's not more prevalent than it is and I, I will say this and again you know we're dealing with a former president security is going to be sure you know at an 11 on one to ten right massive 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 amounts of uh, security here people get having to go through metal detectors even the media sure I mean I, I've, I've covered sporting events and uh, news events all over the world and there have been times when I've just coasted in and out to your point but I had to empty my pockets I had to re- remove a few things and 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 I actually to do this interview I asked to step into the corner of I'm in the lobby right now of this facility I, I asked to step into a corner of the building just on the other side of these ropes where there are some police 
standing. I mean, I'm in clear sight. I'm almost in arm's reach from them. I'm like, can I step over there and, and do this interview? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and that's where we are. Scott Hamilton, we appreciate you making the run down there and appreciate you connecting with uh, all things Winterbulls. And uh, it's great to talk to you, man. And, and uh, I, I imagine it's going to be a very exciting night. And we'll look forward to uh, listening to the coverage throughout the night and into tomorrow. You're the man, Brett. Now I'm going to go see the other man. You got it. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> appreciate <laughs> Later, it. That's kind of a take care. Be safe. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. Good to be with you. Oh, we got a call for Robert is uh, checking in with us. Hello, Robert. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, Brett. You bring it every night, dog. Well, we try. We try. I, uh, I heard you and the coach talking about early 90s NBA basketball, and boy, those were great, great times uh, for the league. I got to go to a lot of games at what we called the Hive, the old Charlotte Coliseum out on Tavola. Oh, yeah. And, and by the way, I was impressed with your uh, knowledge of the Celtics, et cetera. And it's, it's, it's great to hear from someone like Coach Doherty who has personal insight into some of these greats. I must say I was surprised that, that he put uh, Larry Bird above Magic Johnson, though. I, um, I, I got to see Magic. I got to see... Uh, Michael Jordan, I got to see Larry Bird. I got to see Akeem Olajuwon wow. all in person. I got to see uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They, they brought out a huge rocking chair uh, for him <laughs> when he came there. I believe it was the last time. Uh, the, the, the Lakers only came to the to the Hive once a year. Anyway, I, to me, Magic Johnson is probably, the, in my mind, mm-hmm. is probably the second best player who I've ever seen uh, behind Michael Jordan. Uh, look, I, there, there's plenty of there, there's plenty of case to be made for that. I mean, when you when you think about uh, what happened in the '80s and then into the '90s, uh, and then you get to Kobe, and and you get kind of like a second blast going through there. But you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of talent all the way around, and it was a lot of physical talent. But there's also these guys who like we should never overlook Reggie Miller, right? I mean, he 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 was able to to drop threes like a monster. I remember distinctly that that uh, that matchup between the uh, the Knicks. And and of course the uh, Pacers. I mean, though th- th- that was that was an unbelievable time. John Stockton, Barkley still playing at that point. Uh, Shaq. Uh, you have all of these incredible players who are who are present, straddling all those years. And and you know this is. I, I think it's what made this league the the monster that it is. I mean, it's it's right up there with what you have in the NFL. Well, I remember uh, Reggie Miller, and of course he was a he was a master trash talker, massive competitor. Massive. And when he got hot, boy, he got hot, and and he would let you know about it. And he mentioned toughness, and Matt Coach Doherty mentioned toughness, and he mentioned that Michael would score fifty, and Larry would score forty eight. Mm-hmm. I, I don't doubt I don't doubt any of that. I, the game was tougher. I mean, you talking about the Pistons. The Pistons who came in mm-hmm. and would just mug people routinely, even in the regular season. Hey, let me ask you a question. This is like a philosophical question, okay? It deals with sports, but only in a, in a, in a, in a little connectivity here. Why is it that toughness, so being tough and, and toughness is 
misconstrued for being nasty. Like, you can be tough and not be nasty, and you can be nasty and not be tough. But it feels to me like there's a greater premium on nasty than there is on toughness, strength, resolve, that sort of stuff. How do we get back to that? And maybe we can't, but I'm old enough to remember the the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and, and into this era now. And there was something to be said for tough guys across across the entire sports spectrum, including uh, tennis and golf and things like that. Where did the toughness go from this country? Well, with these elite competitors, they invariably have that middle that mental toughness. Now, I put Jordan at the top of that, but for sure, with the, the absolute pure killer instinct. Um, I mean, I've done, <laughs> I'm not an elite competitor, but I have done a lot of competing. And all that I would say is that, I mean, I'll do my share of trash talking when I'm, when I'm, when I'm competing. But at the end of the match, mm-hmm. there will be a handshake, win or lose, mm-hmm. and both sides will have played their best and both sides re- respected each other. And, and then they go and hopefully have a beer after that. That's, look, it's a, it's a, it's a huge point. And if you think about all the, the entire sports spectrum that we're talking about, you're talking about uh, Dale, Dale Earnhardt uh, Sr. You're, you're talking about uh, all those great basketball players. You're talking about great football players. Um, you're talking about baseball uh, before it got totally co-opted by, uh, by the, uh, the steroids and, and whatnot. Um, it, it, was a very, it was a very important time in history, I think, um, all, all the way around. Um, and I... What I think happened with the lack of focusing on toughness but instead being nasty is because at that period of time you have the beginnings of the Internet coming in and the, the tough guys who get on, you know, uh, boards and just make, uh, make comments about people and, and, and do things like that. And I think it coarsened the entire, the entire reality of sports. Well, there's a difference between playing or competing against someone in person mm-hmm. and competing – anonymously i mean you can you can do that anonymously these days and you don't have to it's to true. look the person in the eye that's true and hope hopefully show the hopefully show that person that even if we disagree yep. we can hopefully respect each other and even like each other that's right that's right uh, absolutely and that and that's what's hugely important because eventually you're going to get old you're going to grow up and you're going to have a have to have a life beyond whatever it is you were doing and you want to enjoy it for sure Great call, uh, Robert. I always appreciate hearing from you, my friend. Brett, my pleasure, sir. You you bring it, and that was great to interview with Pedro, and thank you for what you and, and, and WBT 1110, the blowtorch, do. All right, so it's our pleasure, my friend, and it's because of great listeners like you as well. Um, I really feel badly about what happened in Kansas City. Uh, this is This is not a sports story. This is a crime story. And for whatever reason... Um, people felt like they needed to start shooting at each other today. And we now know the gunshot wound total has gone up to 22 people. That's people who have been wounded. There's still only one person um, uh, who is listed as as killed. And let's hope that that number stays there, though that family is is suffering in a horrible way on a special day. For pretty much everybody that went out to see the, the event, to see the parade today. And that's, that's not who we are. 
That is not who we are as a country. That is not who we are as a people. And I understand there are people who are yelling at the radio right now saying, darn it, Brett. Yes, that is who we are because this is how we behave. I'm willing to hold that line. I'm willing to hold that line and say that is not who we are. Overwhelmingly, people in the United States of America are good people. We have a criminal problem. We have a criminal problem when somebody decides that they can go to a crowded event or a sparsely attended event and fire a weapon into innocent people. That's a criminal problem. And I've about had it with the criminality in this country. So the question for you is, what are we going to do about it? As long as we have a criminal problem, people are not going to give up their guns. The law-abiding people are not going to surrender their weapons because we have a criminal problem. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. It is the Reputable Show, 704-570-1110. So what do you think about what we learned in the last uh, day or so when it comes to the use of Five Eyes to spy on Americans and, most importantly, the campaign of Donald Trump back in 2016? So we had uh, Pedro uh, Orta on. He is a whistleblower who is the author of a book called uh, The Broken Whistle. And when, when you take a look at what it was that John Brennan, that John Brennan did with the surveillance using, by the way, the surveillance of Five Eyes, to try to change the outcome of an election, how is that supposed to be fixed? How is that supposed to be fixed? We found out today something else, though. Prosecutors reportedly met with Biden administration before three Trump indictments. Three separate prosecutors met with the White House aides before indicting former President Donald Trump. That happens to be the soon-to-be former President Joe Biden's opposition. The reported meetings suggest a coordinated attack against Biden's 2024 rival. If coordination occurred, it lends credence to Trump's belief that the indictments are election interference. Who were the people who made the trip to meet with your beloved President Biden? In three cases, prosecutors met with the Biden administration before indicting Trump. Alvin Bragg, Stormy Daniels, Mr. Stormy Daniels, Alvin Bragg, Jack Smith, Mr. Europe, Mr. Europe, and Fannie Willis, Fulton County, Georgia. So let's look at the first case. Stormy Daniels. 
The first indictment occurred on April the 4th, 2023, the same day that former Biden aide Kathy Chung testified about Joe Biden's mishandling of classified documents, contradicting Biden's version of events. On March 17th, 2023, Alvy Bragg, Alvy Bragg, he of the we don't punish criminals in New York City, he of the we don't punish illegals who beat up cops in New York City, that Alvy Bragg, asked for a meeting with federal law enforcement ahead of the Trump indictment. A court source told Fox News a year earlier, Alvy Bragg, little Alvy Bragg. The office hired a former senior Department of Just Us official called Matthew Colangelo. Colangelo, Colangelo, where are you? Colangelo, come to me quickly. Who spent years targeting Trump at the Just Us Department. He also attacked Trump in his role as New York Attorney General's office member. Little Alvy Bragg has been very discredited by the indictment because the people that read it, even the Democrats, are saying it's not an indictment. That was uh, Trump telling uh, Breitbart after that indictment. Now let's go to the second case. The European. I call him the European because Jack Smith, he was out there uh, with the purple vestments, wearing the vestments like a, like, like a, like a, a churchman. Like a churchman for the World Economic Forum Church of Klaus Schwab. There he is with his purple vestments trying to track down uh, human rights violators. That's his big claim to fame, that he's a human rights violator prosecutor. But he never really got anything big done. The vestment, the European... Jack Smith filed the second indictment on June the 8th, 2023, the same day the FBI 1023 form surfaced alleging that Joe Biden was bribed with $5 million. Later in June, Smith filed a superseding indictment in the case after Hunter Biden's sweetheart plea deal in Delaware fell apart. Following a pattern here, ladies and gentlemen, months prior. In March, a member of Biden's council office met with a top member of Smith's team just nine weeks before he indicted Trump in the classified document case. And remember, that was when they raided uh, Mar-a-Lago and they Jack Smith, I think, put his hands all over the, the under things of of the former first lady. They were very excited about, you know, really touching all the materials that were in the uh, lingerie closet, I think. Maybe they took samples home. I don't, I, don't, I don't know that. I'm just, it's a supposition. The meeting raises obvious concerns about visits to the White House after, after we saw this case start to take shape. And then the third case, then the third case, Georgia, Georgia, Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade. The Lovers, part two, tonight, tonight on Lifetime, The Georgia Lovers, part two. What was part one, Brett? Don't worry about it. Struck in page. Tonight on a very special episode of The Lovers, part two. Willis filed the third indictment against Trump on August the 14th, 2023. The official court website of the Fulton County, Georgia, published what appeared to be an indictment against Trump before even deleting it.
They indicted him before they indicted him. That's the incompetence of, let's be honest, that's the incompetence of Fulton County, Georgia. Months before the indictment, Willis's top county prosecutor met twice with Biden's White House. May 23rd and November the 18th, a year before Trump's August indictment. Willis, as prosecutor, reportedly charged Fulton County taxpayers $2,000 for each meeting. Wow, nice work if you can get it. Billing $250 an hour for eight hours. Neither Willis nor the prosecutor dispute the allegations, but a spokesperson for Willis's office told the Atlanta Journal-Constipation that she would later respond in court filings. Mm. Mm. So we have... So we have colluding, C-O-L-L-U-D-I-N-G. We have colluding going on between the White House and the prosecutors. Uh, James Comer, you have to open another investigation. Who shall be indicted next? Who shall be brought up on charges? Just because I talked about this, they'll probably indict Donald Trump again tonight. News Talk 1110 WBT. Brett Witterbull Show. Good to be with you. Very good to be with you. 704-570-1110. Um, so let's t- take a look at a couple other stories that are out there moving that we haven't quite hit yet. We've got very, very bad news. Very bad news. And it, it, it involves the border and what's happening next here, okay? FBI agent reveals that MS-13 and a Venezuelan gang called Tren de Aragua are forming an alliance and recruiting migrants to join their army. Senior FBI agent has warned of a possible alliance between two notorious gangs. As cell phone robberies across New York City's five boroughs are on the rise, that's according to Radar Online, the expansion of the... uh, of these gangs into the New York region has now risen to the top of the agency's priority list. According to the former, uh, to the senior FBI agent, John Morales, who's in charge of the agency's El Paso, Texas division. There's concern that these gangs are aligning with existing criminal networks in order to uh, expand the enterprise in New York. Morales noted that the MS-13 gang could be among the existing criminal networks that are part of this. While these gangs would not normally mix, it's always going to be a concern as they expand and they build a, a foothold. So the question I have for you is this. What happens when we start to surrender territory in the United States? What, what happens when... Look, I'm just going to be blunt. What happens when we pull out of New York... We pull out of Boston, we pull out of Chicago, we pull out of Los Angeles, we pull out of San Francisco, we pull out of Houston, we pull out of Dallas, we pull out of New Orleans, we, we, we pull out of these various places. We just, we fold it up and the country suddenly starts to not be the country it once was. Have you got a plan B for that? 
because this is the president who surrendered in Afghanistan. Make no mistake. Joe Biden's legacy that will dog him into eternity will be how he surrendered in Afghanistan. And we understand now why, because he had deals that he had cut with the Chinese. And it's readily apparent that with all of the natural resources that are in Afghanistan, the Chicoms rolled in and, and, and took everything. They've taken everything. So what will you say to your children and grandchildren about how it was that we lost the great cities of the United States and they became, uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, beachheads for communist organizations, what have you. What, what happens then? Here's what the crisis becomes. I'm going to tell you what the crisis is, okay? The crisis is that the people who are going to be fleeing these cities will be moving into the heartland and will be changing the politics of, of, of most of the United States. I mean, I can, I can see this in the next 20 years. Because there is no, absolutely no effort at all to keep control in New York City, to keep control in Baltimore, to keep control in Houston or Dallas, to keep control in Los Angeles or San Francisco or Chicago. There is just no impetus to do those sorts of things. Nobody's defending. And I don't mean defending like in a kinetic way where it's like, well, let's go shoot it up. I don't want to say that at all. The politicians are not defending. They are still defunding the police in New York. They are still defunding the police in various blue cities. I don't understand where it comes from. I, I cannot tell you where that comes from. But these people, the people on the left have become surrenderers. You know, the, and I'm not going to specify. You'll understand what I'm saying. You, you know, those, those films that you see from 1940 in Paris, and you see all those people waving in. The the goose steppers. Remember all that? That's the occupying force. It's the same exact thing, except they're going to occupy New York and they're going to occupy large swaths of Washington, D.C. And they're going to occupy Baltimore. They're going to occupy all these places because no politician is willing to stand up and say enough. This must stop. I hear people all the time say things like, wait till another Rudy Giuliani comes by. They're not coming by. Those people don't exist anymore. People have written off swaths of this country. And, and so you, you look at that and you go, okay, so what's going to be left? What happens? What happens when the United States of America transforms itself from what we knew for a very long time and it's basically just the South, part of the Midwest, and then the Intermountain West, not including California. What, what happens then when we become a rump state? Well, the good news is you have a lot of patriots that live in those states that I just laid out. The bad news is we're going to be completely surrounded by the changes that are coming. We can talk about it more tomorrow. I'm not 
I'm not pessimistic. I am realistic. Because I can see what's happening. The gangs will become the new invading army. 704-570-1110. That's the number to call to talk to Brett Jensen. I'm Brett Witterbull. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT.